Today our topic is fear God, not man. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Uh, my name's Rich. That's Jim laughing over there. I'm just and wondering where the Lord's going to take us yeah, on this one. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but uh, we, you know, we may see, we may say some things today that are maybe shocking to you, maybe um, perplexing to you, but. Um, you know, we just always say, take it to the Lord in prayer, and um, he'll, he'll sort it all out for you. But uh, part of our topic, Jim, is having an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, some people are conditioned and trained that if you have an open mind, the devil's going to put some bad stuff in there. Yeah, don't question the man in the pulpit. And, and that is just fear tactics. I mean, I've had an open mind for 30-some years, and I have never... I'm open to the Spirit of God. I'm not open to anything else when I open my mind. And if you're open to the Spirit of God, then He's going to pour things into you. And, And we've said it many times, this is an inside work. God works from the inside out, not from the outside in. Mm -hmm. It's an inside work. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to have the Lord pour into your innermost being is having an open mind to the things that the Spirit brings you. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Yeah, that's you just said a mouthful when you said that, because when Jesus left uh, the earth and the disciples were a little bit troubled when they thought he was going to be leaving them in, in the flesh, and he said, don't worry about it, I'm not going to leave you orphans. He said, I'm going to return back to you. Uh, of course, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, now I'm with you, but then I'm going to be in you, yes. okay? Yes, And And he didn't say, I'm going to put the Bible in you. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing the Bible, but Jesus is the living word. He yes, said, he I'm going to be in you to lead you and guide you. And before I hang it up here for a second, just want to say hello to two people. One is sure. Jim Highstand. He's going to be listening from Michigan this morning. So, Brother Jim... Love you, and thanks for plugging in, and hopefully uh, the Lord's going to minister to your heart this morning. And Dave McCrum down there in Joy Mountain. Hey, Dave. How you doing, buddy? We'll, we'll be talking to you tomorrow. Yeah, we, we love the people. We love all people, of course, but we, we love the people that uh, tune in because we're just one little family here, part of a big family. Amen. Family of God. Too. Huh? Getting bigger, too. And it's getting bigger and yeah. bigger. And, you know, we may bring a perspective to you that maybe you haven't thought about. And, and that's okay. I, I can tell you for a fact that, uh, you know, wherever Jim and I are, we've got a long way to go. We're not sitting here saying that we have all the answers and, you know, whatever we say is gospel. And what? No, we're saying this is what the Lord shared with us. And, and we seek the Lord daily. Um, you know, we acknowledge him minute by minute in our lives. In all our ways, yeah. You know, and it's taken time. This is not something we did in the first 10 years or 15 years or even 20 years yeah. of following Jesus. Yeah. It's taken time. Yeah. and But we are in a position where we just experience the peace and the joy that maybe we didn't have a decade ago or even five years ago. And it's great, and we just want to share that with you so that you get a piece of that. And it's not going to be done uh, an hour on Sunday at church. 
It's going to be done through constant quieting yourself. Yeah, I heard one guy say that um, he quiets himself and thinks about who he can bless. Yeah, that's good, yeah. You know, yeah. it, I mean, that's that's a neat little thing, yeah. concept, you know. Well, you're going to open the door of the Lord when you start talking that way. And, and yeah. the Lord loves that because yeah. it's very unselfish praying. Yeah, right. Amen. You know. So anyway, <laughs> we got off on that rabbit trail. That was only about a four-and-a-half-minute rabbit trail. That was a good That's trail. not bad. That was a good one. But anyway, our topic is fear God, not man. And wow, this, this is a message that the whole church needs to hear. Because there's a lot of fear in man out there. And I'm not talking about fearing a guy that's holding you up. I'm mm-hmm. talking about fearing uh, the fear of man in placed in positions of authority. And again, we're not picking on them, but we're saying, hey, uh, the whole purpose and, and the whole uh, direction of your affections have to be towards the Lord. Now, that's not saying that we don't honor and respect men and women of God that are placed in positions of authority, but it's also saying that God doesn't want us to be... The word fear of God means all, reverence, you know, lifting mm-hmm. him up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us to do that. And the most pastors, if not all pastors, wouldn't want you to do that to them. You know, where you set them on a pedestal that they're, you know, perfect or, you know, they walk around the way Jesus walked around on the earth for three years. Um, we are to honor and respect them, but we're not supposed to lift them up as you would the Lord. Yeah, Big the, difference. Yeah, it's it's not good for you, your your spiritual growth, uh, when you have a man in front of the man Christ Jesus, which is already in you. Uh, but it's not good for the ministry either. Um, you know, let's be honest about it. We see a lot of uh, wonderful men of God that have fallen in days past, and I think a lot of it uh, comes from all the adulation and all the honor and the glory that they receive from people. And it has a tendency to bring out the old man in them and, and to pump them up. Uh, frankly, I don't think any of them wants to fall prey to that. I really no, don't. No. But if you're encouraged enough, you might even start believing some of those stories about how great you are and the great man of God. You know, the Lord spoke to me a quick thing, uh, I guess it was a few weeks ago. He says, son, there is no great men of God. And I thought, well, gee, Lord, that, that's kind of a harsh statement to make. He said, well, let me finish my statement. Uh, the Holy Spirit said, there are no great men of God, but there is a great God in man. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big difference. Well, the question I have is this. Is history repeating itself? What do I mean by that? Well, let's go all the way back to the wilderness and the Israelites in the wilderness. Um, they had a wrong fear of the Lord. It was a terrifying fear. They were afraid of the Lord. That's why they asked Moses to be the mediator and go up on Mount Sinai and find out what the Lord wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing now is this. When Jesus was crucified, the temple veil was rent in twain. 
from top to bottom. That's where the Shekinah glory of God was. That's where the Holy of Holies, that's where God resided. Of course, he's everywhere, but I'm just saying that was a special place where the uh, high priest would go in every once a year to atone for the sins of the people. Now, we don't need all that. There's a lot of stuff that we don't need that's in the Old Testament, and, and even in the Gospels, because Jesus was talking to those Israelites. Uh, he, he was sent to the Israelites. Paul was sent to the Gentiles. So Jesus had to talk law to them to get their attention and to be able to have a conversation with them. But the question is history repeating itself. I, I just sense that there's a lot of folks that are looking to that man as a Moses-type figure, as a mediator between them and the Lord. And and although it's wonderful to have pastors and prophets in the fivefold ministry and all that, he has opened it up for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- let me just tell you what w- one thing I, I read. It said that God has reserved a seat for us on his mountain any time of the day or night. You have access to him without a mediator at any time, day or night, 24-7. What a wonderful privilege that is to be able to meet with the Lord whenever I find time to do it. It says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And any time you want to walk into that Holy of Holies, you've got to understand you're already seated there, your spirit. And the Bible says that when a man turns to the Lord, he becomes one spirit with the Lord. And that is really what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. I need my people to turn to me and, frankly, to turn from religion. They've got to start getting into relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ inside of them. Because this mystery has been disclosed. It wasn't disclosed in the Old Testament. They were all under the law, okay? And so in the New Testament, uh, Paul says there's a mystery that's been hidden from the ages. It, It wasn't disclosed until now. And that mystery is Christ in you. But many of our brothers and sisters, I don't believe, have found that treasure inside their earthen vessel uh, because they've never taken the time aside to get quiet with the Lord. And it's, it's, it's like we feel like we've fulfilled our responsibility to God and God's happy with us because we go to church an hour or two hours on Sunday or Wednesday night or whatever, or we tithe and et cetera, et cetera. And this is a gospel. It's not about doing. It's a gospel about being. Um, God is saying, I want my people to understand what happened at Calvary. It's finished. I'm not interested in you doing this and doing that. I'm not passing the law out. I'm not giving you a list of do's and don'ts. I simply want you to understand who you already are in me, and that will set you free. Yeah, the the thing that we feel that Jim and my ministry is is to lead people out of man-made religion. Amen. That may sound strong, but that's what the Lord has been speaking to us for, what, Jim, three or four years now? Yeah. yeah. That, that our commission, 
that our job, what he wants us to do, is help lead people out of religion. That doesn't mean lead them out of the church, the local church. No, they're part of the, we're all part of the church. Right. Well, That's not saved. what we're saying. They're saved. We're not saying they're not saved. But we're called to lead you out of man-made religion. What is man-made religion? Rules, regulations, do's, don'ts, dress a certain way, uh, you know, say th- certain things, uh, rituals, whatever. That that is what. When 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 the grace message has come on the scene, which has been really huge over the last five years or so. I mean, it goes back further than that, but it's just gotten really really big over the last few years. And the grace message is all about. I did it all for you. You just have to receive it. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you receive it, kind of like Jim said, you will become it. Mm-hmm. And and that's that he made it so simple. And religion wants to make it so difficult mm-hmm. with rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. And yeah. and if you don't do it this way, you're going to be found in the uh, pastor's office uh, for you know a correction, a, a meeting of correction. That it's not about do's and don'ts. And and. Our, our commission is to get you to think outside of the box. You know, you hear people say, don't put God in a box. Well, we're saying don't put yourself in a box mm-hmm. with religion mm-hmm. that this is how we believe. And if I go outside of that box, I'm in trouble. Those are fear tactics, folks. That, that, there's, no, there's no fear, afraid fear, when it comes to the Lord. Yeah. No way. He's all about comfort and love and peace perfect and joy. Love, perfect love does and what? And nurturing us. He's a loving father. I heard someone say the Holy Spirit is like the motherly figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have the perfect parents mm-hmm. to go to. And not that you don't ask questions of the pastor and whatever, but... We have found, Jim and I, over the last few years, that if we dedicate that time to be still and know that He is God, that the great I Am not only is out there, but He's in here. Yeah, I I remember one of my quiet times with the Lord. uh, I heard the voice say, uh, I am in Christ. I said that, I am in Christ. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, therefore, I am. Therefore, you are. <laughs> I am in Christ. Therefore, I am. <laughs> I am one with I Christ. I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am, I am that I am. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So why do we tend to, as a people, even outside of the church, why do we tend to seek uh, out another human being for comfort and to affirm us when we can go to the author and the finisher of our faith, which is his faith, directly. You can go directly to the source, folks. Someone might say, well, I've done that and nothing happened. Okay, I've done that and nothing happened at that moment. But guess what? It's called practicing the presence of the Lord. It takes practice. It takes a commitment. That's all you have to do. The rest of it's been done. 
All you have to do is make that commitment and, and set, carve out that time to be with the Lord and, and sit with your best friend Jesus and have a conversation. Yeah. Just exercise your spiritual gifting that Paul talks about. We have the ability to, to hear God, um, very clearly to hear God. And I didn't realize just how clearly we could hear the Lord until a few years ago when I started spending more and more time in his presence and in a quiet place, like the scripture says, go into your closet. Well, the closet's inside of you, okay? Right. Uh, and so you just you had are. to go back. Yeah, you just had to go back and you had to get quiet. And all of a sudden, I felt this poetry running through my spirit. And I thought, geez, what is this? You know, and I felt the Lord, the Holy Spirit saying, pick up your pencil. And I just picked up a pencil, and I listened to the voice within, and all of a sudden, this poetry started coming through me. Uh, And to date, in the past few years, I've got almost 100 prophetic poems that the Lord has given me in a book right now. Um, So the point I'm trying to make is not how spiritual I am, because I really had nothing to do with it. It was all the grace of God that was luring me into my closet, into a quiet place, and when I sat there and exercised a little patience, uh, all of a sudden, this voice started becoming clearer and clearer to me. And it dawned on me, I am really hearing the voice of God. Now, the voice of God is going to sound just like you, okay? Yep. Because he is one with you, and basically he uses pretty much your own voice. When you hear yourself talking, mm-hmm. you feel like you're talking to yourself. But you can, you can tell when you start writing down and journaling— Get a journal, get a book, and start writing these things down. As you go back and reflect and read on these things, you're going to go, wow, that's not me talking. That was the Lord using my voice to talk to me, the oneness that I have with him. And it really gets exciting, this journey, really gets exciting. And I don't know how he, I don't know how he does it, but, but he does give all of us a private one-on-one time with him. Absolutely. Anytime, 24-7. He does it. I, you know, it's amazing how, what are there, 7 billion people on the earth? 7 billion people could go to him at once. At once. And he could he'll, he'll, he'll be a, prayer. He could be giving us all one-on-one private times with him. Yeah. How special is that? But I will warn you, the fear of man keeps you from that mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to the mountain with the Lord, and of course we're figuratively speaking, but if you want to do that mountaintop experience, you got to get rid of the fear of man. You know, are we so stuck on traditions that we miss our divine moments? I know I missed them. You know, I know I was so stuck. I was so stuck on traditions that I'm sure I missed quite a few divine moments. Sure. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Once you recognize it, though, I don't think you're going to miss them anymore. Or give me a poem about that. Yeah, let me just finish, and you can jump on it. So, do we recognize the divine moments, even if they seem to go against the way you have been doing it? Or what you have believed for years? Boy, that's a, that's a tough question, Jim. Because traditions of man really bind you up. 
you're bound up if you're if your whole life is centered around the traditions of man and so you have to break free of that and that all the, all, the only thing you have to do to break free, free of that is an open mind that the lord can start uploading information into you that's going to be better than you've ever heard before it it just gets gooder and gooder yeah you'll know the truth the truth will make you free yeah Yeah. it it just keeps getting better and better and better and that's how i know it's the lord jim Mm -hmm. yeah yeah is because it gets better i have more peace the joy the love more joy more love for my fellow man and yeah mankind and and so less judgmental less judgment yeah. he's taking yeah we talk about the all-consuming fire of god that burns up the hay wooden stubble inside of us what he's burning up is all the things we just said judgment yeah. judging people yeah. being selfish whatever yeah. well you know it's a journey folks we all have to go through that to get to that point mm-hmm. but you know if we go by the grave the last thing on your mind is not going to be how much money in your bank account and have I left any for the kids or, or you know, what your house looks like or, or what your position in the church. Well, I'm a bishop and I'm a doctor at divinity or whatever. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be the relationship you left this earth with the Lord. That's, that's all you're going to be able to take with you. You can't take anything else with you. So if we know that to be a fact, and it is, isn't it worth really carving out more and more time for the Lord each day and just sit at his feet and listen and not sit there and say, oh, I need this, I need that, I need the other, but to just sit there and listen. You parents out there, if if your kids did nothing but come to you for more money, more stuff, more whatever— isn't it a lot better when they come to you and they sit on your lap and even as an adult child, you know, and, and tell and they tell you they love you and whatever. It's no different with God. He he likes he likes us to come to him and tell him how much we love him because he first loved us. Yeah. Um Paul said the only thing that was stronger than the word of God was the traditions of men. Mm. Uh, I never forgot a very dear minister who's gone home to be with the Lord made that statement from uh, the pulpit of the church I was attending at that time. And, boy, he really got the congregation's attention when he said, there's only one thing stronger than the Word of God. And we put an awful lot of emphasis on the Word of God. And everybody snapped too, wanted to see what his next line was going to be. And he said, for the commandments of men uh, annul or disannul the Word of God. And this is what the Lord is doing in this hour right now. Because whether you realize it or not, we are moving into a new age. We are moving into a new day. The Lord spoke to me and he said, son, you're moving into a new day. You're moving out of the church realm and you're moving into the realm of the kingdom. God is getting ready and is bringing the kingdom of God to earth. He's starting to answer the prayer of Jesus when Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Now, I know that man's religion has God destroying earth, killing everybody, uh, and that's another thing the Lord's going to be dealing very heavily with his church in, is is in the area of a lot of doctrines that we have embraced uh, that has given us a skewed image 
of who our Heavenly Father is. On, you know, on one hand, we say he's love, but on the other hand, we say he's going to destroy most of his creation. You know, those are things I wrestled with all my life, even when I was a young boy. How can God be love and, and do the destructive things that everybody's saying he's going to do? Well, when you really start focusing on the Lord and getting your eyes off of the religion that man has created in the earth today, God will start revealing to you that a lot of this is really not true. Um, And that's, again, I think, Rich, that's probably the biggest responsibility we have is just revealing to people's hearts right now that, that we have entered into a new day Uh, There is a new word that is coming forth from the kingdom of God, and and God is setting his people free. The Lord gave me a poem, uh, and it goes like this. Uh, The Holy Spirit does speak in this hour to reveal the Father's nature. There's a lot of questions about the Father's nature. I mean, God is love, period. But he's going to reveal the Father's nature and his almighty power. But many of my children, the Lord says, cannot receive because they embrace doctrines of men that do deceive. For many years, my church has been tossed to and fro by the winds of many doctrines that they cannot let go. But the spirit and the bride say, come, come up here and be transformed back into the image of me. For it is with great desire I long to see the glory of my son Jesus to come forth in thee. He wants to see the nature of Christ coming forth in us. So come out from amongst them, my people, so you can see the loving Christ nature that's now being formed in thee. So God is really working diligently in a people all around the world. You're going to be hearing things coming out over these microphones that are going to sound new, different. But frankly, they're not new. This is just restoring the truth back to God's body. And when it starts being restored back to you, you will know because the fruit of the Spirit will be there. It's like Rich was saying before. He's got so much more peace, so much joy, so much more life and love. And that's the way I felt the last few years. So I know it's Christ bringing us up and out. Amen. <clears throat> amen and amen. The fear of God is the antidote for the fear of man. These two cannot coexist together they can't and you say well they are well you might fear both but there's going to be confusion and double-mindedness if you are doing both you got one step in their fear of man and one step in the fear of, of god perfect love cast out all fear if you're sitting anywhere and and you're hearing fear and from the pulpit and whatever that's his message is a gospel of good news there's no fear in that perfect love casts all out all fear there is no fear in the fear of god it's kind of a play on words you know that word fear means reverence uh means um you know all that you're in awe of the lord but uh, the fear of, of god isn't a human fear of being afraid of something. The fear of God is an awe of the Almighty, a reverence of his glory, power, and authority. But the fear of man is an enemy that wars for your soul. Yeah, and it, and it condemns you. It's wars 
it wars for your affections and your attention. So we got to get rid of that. And, and don't be afraid to think outside the box or maybe go against the system that's in place that they settle for less of what God wants to do for, for them. You know, man-made religion will always place limitations on our relationship with God. That's a powerful statement, and I, I, I'm not here to offend. I'm not here to do anything but share what the Lord shared with me, and he shared that with me this morning. He spoke that so clearly to me. Um, so we as a, a body of Christ need to get our priorities straight. And it's not about building more buildings, and it's not about programs, and all those are fine. I'm not saying that, that, but if that's the emphasis, there's a problem. That was one of the first things Jesus did when he came back. Solomon's temple got destroyed. Yeah, because Paul said, Paul said, don't you know that God does not dwell in temples made of man's hands anymore? Stained glass windows, whatever. But don't you know that you are the temple of God? Yes. So, you know, people say, well, I'm going to go to church this Sunday, you know, because I really feel the presence of God there. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> the presence of God isn't there until Anywhere. you get there, okay? Right. And you can, you can experience, experience, and that's what God wants us to do, experience him in this hour. You can experience that same presence, that same love, if you just go back in a quiet room somewhere or go outside and look at the birds and the trees and, and you know, commune with nature, which God created, and uh, you'll sense that same presence. It's with you. Amen. We're going to take a break.